0: This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There's are sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob Podcast coming at you live Thursday the twenty second of October. Mr. Jay Swah, how's it how's it hanging over there on the East Coast? It's good, my dude. It's
1: good. How are you? How's married life? Have you researched divorce attorneys yet?
0: That makes me think of that iPhone commercial that's on during the <laughs> old series. I just searched for five divorce attorneys. Uh no, personally no. Thanks for asking though. Checking in on me.
1: Yeah, that you are our target demo for that. Apple mm-hmm. Apple did call and, and, and let me know that. So that's why I was just checking in. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, good, good. I'm glad you've made it through and, and uh, you know, just taking it week by week. That that's the way to go. Uh and you only got a couple more weeks left anyway, so it's that. <laughs> uh no, life life is good. We got the World Series. We got um so the the most random playoff format in professional sports in, in American history, like just the way it was formatted given the sport and the fact that there's uh, a March Madness style tournament. And, you know, randomness who. We got the two one seeds. We got the we got the matchup everyone wanted to see. We got the Rays versus the Dodgers, and and I'm loving the World Series so far. What are your takeaways from it? Uh
0: Yep, yep, totally loving it, uh, except I want the, the Rays to dominate, which they're not going to do. It's going to be a good series, which will actually be good. Uh, but, yeah, that is funny, two one seeds. And the Dodgers, I said this earlier, just felt like a cheat code of a team after this Mookie signing. They're just preposterous. So uh, I want them to lose, but uh, I'm loving the World Series, and I'm getting my uh, getting my baseball fix on it. It's yes. uh, Making up for lost time there
1: absolutely absolutely it's it's the matchup we all wanted right we didn't get uh we didn't get Bernie versus Trump which is essentially the baseball equivalent <laughs> of what we have right now but but we do have uh we do have similar odds for the World Series so we're recording this as the series is one one uh the Dodgers are minus 200 favorites uh, and the Rays are plus 170 so pretty much an implied uh win percentage for the Dodgers just under 66 percent and that's the identical uh, election odds right now for 60, just around 66% for Joe Biden and about 34% for uh, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Uh, it, I don't know. I just keep looking back at this and it, it, it's just, it's baffling to me. I told you this before the show that I, if anyone out there wants to take this bet, I would really like to bet. I, I guess it's got to be booked by tomorrow because the odds will obviously change for the raise, but I want to bet raise Trump. Uh, parlay i just something tells me like if the rays win that trump's gonna win too i don't know if that's a florida thing or what but
0: uh, big tampa energy coming out, of- <laughs> yeah.
1: coming out
0: of yeah um but yeah i i, I do want to
1: just talk about the the election uh from as as little political view as possible which as rob told me before the show is obviously impossible but just from a game theory perspective um, what do you think about those odds? Just, just like, what do you see? What do you wonder? I, I'm not asking for any political feedback, but just that the, uh, the implied odds of, of uh, former Vice President Biden being at around 66% to, to be our next fearless leader and our current fearless leader uh, being
0: 34%. I think I, I spoiled this with you before the show, but, but my thing here is base rates. Base rates means you strip out as much noise as you can and you take uh, the historical precedence of something happening uh, and apply that as kind of your baseline measure of likelihood of something happening in the future. That's, a, that's probably butchering it, but that's my idea of base rates. The, the base rates for presidents getting reelected is pretty good. I don't know how good, but uh, two-thirds for Biden sounds sounds rich. I think you and I, you and I agree on that one.
1: Yeah, and I think it's like a bit of an emotional hedge, right? It's like maybe maybe first of all, value I, I agree. I mean the incumbents winning in any election, uh, is always high. Uh, but but even presidents, it's, it's pretty high as well. And and then I think you compound it with uh modern politics, right? The flux that is is gonna benefit the underdog too, right? It's it's kinda like the bubble formats, right? We kinda see where it's like, all right, no home court advantage, like they're living in hotels, like, you know, what do if anything went doubt, that's going to benefit the underdog. Um, but Suns. then, given, yeah, yeah, right, right, the Suns. I mean, there was like uh, the Nuggets too, and mm-hmm. there was tons of upsets we saw, like the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, like mm-hmm. not even making the finals. Um, obviously, it's all small sample stuff. But uh, from just a purely uh, value perspective, yeah, I, I really do think betting on Trump it would be the the, the value play. Uh, I have no basis to say this, but I do think it's it's pretty much like a coin flip. Uh, I, anyone that tells you they have any sort of certainty one way or the other, um, you just don't. Like, how, how can you find? You, know, you can find a poll for everything. You can find a news outlet for anything. It's just complete flux and randomness. Um, so I think we're definitely on the same page here. And I, I do think it'd be a bit of an emotional hedge. Like every time I travel abroad, like I have to talk about Trump. So it's like. If I, if I put money on Trump, it's like, where, well, how much money do I put on that where it's worth that like the next four years I'd have to fucking talk about this Jag you know, with every like hot German woman I meet, like I got to fucking have this goddamn conversation. Like I got to find that actual dollar amount and, and probably put it on, uh, put it on Donnie. And then, like, you know, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be calculating that. That'll be me just like in between World Series commercials as you A look social your, tax. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm serious. And, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll do that during the world series commercial breaks while you're looking at divo- uh, divorce, attorneys. Mm-hmm. uh, attorneys. yeah, enough about politics. I, I do think that was actually a beneficial conversation, uh, because that's, that's as non-political as you're going to get about this election, I think. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I do like, uh, you sharing that domain knowledge from, uh, the investment world. That's definitely applicable in, in, uh, sports betting as well, but definitely in the financial industry. Uh, one thing I did want to mention was that we're going to try to change the format or we are going to change the format of the show a little bit, still going to be NFL centric. Uh, but we're going to just run through the Monday night games, the Sunday night game, and then like kind of major, um, game on Sundays, just so it kind of gives you some points to look at as a listener, trying to kind of look at angles from games you're actually watching. Uh, so it's beneficial for you, but it's also beneficial for me because I, uh, I'm still going to share the, the positions I have and the bets I make and why I make them, but um, I'm, I'm intentionally going to be drawing back the the uh, amount of games, the volume of games I'm betting to increase my betting size. Um, Rob was, was my confidant with this. I did not have a good week this week, uh, but I had a great game uh, in which I, I posted three unit bets on this, but I actually had a lot more uh, but it was the Bills Chiefs game, and if you listened last week, you you heard that was my bet of the year so far. Uh, and this kind of comes to the crux of, of what I learned when I was in Vegas, you know, pretty much professional in betting for about six uh, six or eight months. And it, it's it's kind of find your circle of competence and, and don't stay out of it. And what I mean by that is, wh- however big your domain knowledge is, it might be relatively small, but if you have clearly defined it and you kind of stay within there. Um, you can kind of avoid making "quote unquote" bad bets and, and only be making good bets, or, or obviously great or better bets. Uh, so that that's going to be kind of my approach moving forward. So if you see less bets, that is actually intentional. Uh, I'll still share any thoughts I have for games, leans I have for games. Um, but yeah, Rob, does that make sense before we start breaking into any of the games? How about uh, your thoughts on that, that Chiefs Bills game? I know I know you gave me some good advice for that one. <laughs>
0: uh let your winners run baby no i mean that sounds good it sounds like you are taking a more concentrated approach focused approach on the the places where you think you might have an edge which if we could distill this whole podcast into maybe just one thing it's like these lines are sharp you probably don't have an edge if you do um test it be really sure about it and and probably stick there it sounds like you're hopefully applying your own advice there
1: yeah, exactly. And, and a big reason, too, is, is you know, I am not a qualitative better. like I don't have my edge from from the, excuse me, the, the quantitative, uh, so the number side of things, right? Like, I don't have this huge data set that, that is more accurately ranking the, the NFL teams. It's more of a softer skill. It's more of a uh, gleaning into coaching advantages or positional advantages, things of that nature. Um, and so I don't have my... You know, I, I still create numbers for every game, but it's not like a model that's spitting it out where it's like, hey, I, I'm just doing what the model says. It, it's definitely a subjective approach. And, and it, it is feasible with the NFL because the NFL has such small sample size. So you only play 16 games, you know, and, and a lot of times you might have four games that are blowouts on either end of the spectrum. So a lot of the stats from those games are, are kind of, you can't really use them. So a lot of it has to be subjective. Uh, so this is kind of a sweet spot I've found with the NFL. Um, I also do tons of fantasy football. So that's kind of where my main edge is, and, and I kind of keep up to date with that. And then if I sprinkle in a couple of, one, you know, maybe one or two bets a week, some weeks that might be zero, some weeks that might be four bets. Um, and then, of course, with my futures uh, and live betting being my more of my specialty, kind of honing in on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are multiple ways to, to, to skin a cat and there's multiple ways to make money as a, as a sports better might be as a fantasy player, it might be as a just strictly pregame better. Um, but as I said before, pregame betting in the NFL is the sharpest marketplace in North American sports. Um, so just realize you are, you are, you know, going up against the best of the best if you're betting into these lines and, uh, you yeah, know, just, just tread lightly. Uh, but, yes, I, I, I did I did go a little reckless on the Chiefs-Bills game. I just had such strong conviction. And as I was watching that that game, there just was a lot of situations that presented itself. And, um, yeah, I, I you know, I, I didn't want to tweet all the bets I was making because I didn't want that to happen to somebody else. Uh, but I was definitely comfortable with what I was betting. I, I didn't bet anything like serious, serious. But, you know, it, it was by far my biggest bet I've made probably in the last 18 months maybe, maybe 12 months. Um, but, yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about some of the games coming up. So Monday night we have the Chicago Bears traveling to your hometown, uh, Los Angeles, to take on the Rams, Rob. Uh, we have one of the lowest totals of the week, so more of a defensive showdown, 45-point total. We have the Rams currently as a six-point favorite. Looks like that might come down. Um, I... Preseason had a really big position on the Rams under. I thought they were going to underwhelm. They had an eight and a half, uh, under eight and a half wins. Um, Right now they're four and two. So they're definitely not a terrible team, but their four wins have come against the NFC East, which is the worst division probably modern sports has ever seen. Uh, So I do think this, this line, this number is high uh i think it's going to close probably around four four and a half this is one of the bets that i'm not making that i kind of just talked about where um i know technically i'd have value on this probably a small value on on this because the market will close four four and a half would be able to get a six but i I just don't want to bet the bears uh their offense is terrible so if i do bet this game i'll probably like to bet the rams under because that gives me access to the Chicago's defense, which is top three, maybe at worst top five in the league, uh, and the Rams' offense, which I don't think is very impressive. Uh, but it keeps me away from the Bears, uh, having any position of the Bears' offense. Uh, but yeah, it's almost likely to be a pass for me. The Rams have a really good coach, but they're, they're, they're stars and scrubs. They have two elite defensive players in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but the rest of their defense is is. Uh, below average in most positions significantly, especially the linebacking core and their offense is is pretty, pretty average. They don't have a lot of depth. So as the season goes on, they're, uh, they're going to lose value throughout the year. Uh, so I, I'm pretty much already vested with having the futures take it. I'll be rooting hard for the bears. Uh, but, but yeah, if I bet anything, it'll probably be the, the Los Angeles Rams team total. So just the points they score, uh, which I do some quick math here, should be right around 24. You look at the spread, Uh, the Rams are expected to score obviously six more points than the Bears. Uh, So I'll I'll post that if I do play that. Uh, Any thoughts about that game or your beautiful hometown of Los Angeles, Rob?
0: Yeah, so are the, I know you've talked about how like totals are are generally not your thing, but it sounds like you've kind of, honed in on a specific portion of this bet that you like, which is the team total. Would you say it's, it's fair to say that something like uh, team totals are, are less sharp of lines than, um, you know, the money line for um, for NFL games?
1: Sure. So team – right. So um, if you have against the spread, which against the spread is where you're picking a side, that's the sharpest. The next sharpest is going to be the totals. Um, there's just more variables in play with totals. So you, you can get a little bit more of an edge. Usually total players though, they're the, um, you know, they're the quantitative guys. They're the, mm-hmm. they're the mathematicians who can fucking eke out exactly how likely a pick six is and, you know, factor that in with how many rushing attempts, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that is a reason why I kind of stick away from those totals. Uh, these team totals, you can't get nearly as much down on the, uh, on the ATS and the the normal totals like the whole game totals because they aren't as sharp mm-hmm. and uh but you still can get a healthy amount down uh but yeah it's just kind of like a different way it's more of an exotic bet it's kind of like a prop bet so for example mm-hmm. prop bets you can you can bet like the under on jared golf's passing yardage or over on his passing yardage yeah those are less sharp because um they have they take less money uh and a lot more goes into that like the mm-hmm. if, if so, here's here's really what it is: is if you spent like an entire week researching that prop bet, you would gain more of an edge than you would if you spent the entire week analyzing that one game. So mm-hmm. if you looked at the factors of like play calling and and this quarterback in in this environment, what the stadium environment and all that stuff. But the thing is, you can't get as much down for it. So the bookmaker kind of looks at it as I'm not going to spend as much time setting this line or monitoring this line because I'm not going to get nearly the action that I am, um, you know, against the spread or the normal total, if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, it's a great question, but yeah, it's just a different way to bet. And, and like I said, the gist of it is when possible, try not to bet pregame against the spread. Cause it's the hardest to beat. Um, you know, every once in a while you'll, you'll have a good position. Like I said, last week with the chiefs, I love that uh, a pregame against the spread bet. You know, I got it at three and a half. It closed at five and a half. So it shows that a lot of people agreed with me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a really sharp. Uh, and one thing I do want to mention is if you really like a game and then you see the market agree with you like it did with the Chiefs, it gave me so much more confidence to bet live the way I wanted to bet if that makes sense. So it's like, I have a really strong conviction on this game and the market moves two points with me. So the market's agreeing with me and then live, there were some betting opportunities. The bills went up early. I hit, I bet the chiefs, the G the chiefs like dominated the, the, you know, line of scrimmage and things like that went up and down the field, but they only scored a, a field goal. Um, the bills were, were like barely getting first downs, whereas the chiefs were running, doing anything they wanted to. So um, yeah, it, it kind of lets you use so you know we know these these markets are so sharp so instead of, instead of trying to bet against that or into that market we're going to use that information to help us if that makes any sense it's like oh wow look at how the market moved this whole week and you already had a strong conviction so you should feel even stronger about it so mm-hmm. that way if, it, if an opportunity did present itself which it did you should be ready to hammer it um I know. I know that's kind of might be hard to, to explain, and I'm I'd be happy to to dive in that. I've had some people reach out. Please feel free to reach out editing uh, these topics. But but yeah, I mean tracking the market is so important because um, you need to know why the market moved. You need to know why the market moved. Um, but yeah, moving to the next game, we actually the Sunday night game just got switched. So the Sunday night game was supposed to be uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the Las Vegas Raiders to play Sunday night football. Uh, to be announced by your favorite, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, but because of COVID, the entire Raiders offensive line is has been exposed to COVID. So they are switching that game. Still getting played on Sunday as of now. I highly doubt it gets played Sunday. Uh, but they're switching that out. So Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels have a game to call at night. Uh, but it's actually going to be a great game. It's going to be Seattle visiting beautiful Arizona, playing your cards there, Rob. Uh, we have spread at three and a half Seattle coming off a bye, visiting your Arizona Cardinals uh, as three and a half point favorites. The total is 56. One of the higher ones of the week, uh, Arizona just dismantled the Dallas Cowboys joke of a, of a football team on Monday night football. Uh, one thing I do want to mention about that though, is the market move for the Cowboys in that game. So, so last week, uh, Cowboys beat the Giants. Or should say two weeks ago. Cowboys beat the Giants. Uh, Dak Prescott gets hurt. We know Andy Dalton's getting in. Uh, is the new starter. I pick up. You know, lots of Andy Dalton in my fantasy leagues. Uh, sure. The betting the betting market moves the Cowboys from at the beginning of the week they were three point underdogs. It closes where the Cowboys were one point favorites. So it shows that a lot of people, you know, smarter than than myself, thought the same thing I did. Uh, and then the Cowboys come out and pretty much play uh, a, a two or three third percentile game. I mean, pretty much the worst game they could have played. And that not not an over you know, not an exaggeration at all. I mean their their offensive line looked terrible. Andy Dalton looked terrible, somewhat his fault, somewhat it wasn't his fault, just how bad the offensive line was. Um but uh but yeah, so we're off the train there. But it's still important to realize that all that money came against the Cardinals. So the Cardinals won by like 28 points and this game opened three and a half. You would expect after such a dominating performance, that the Cardinals would be getting money, right? They just killed a team that, you know, they it was supposed to be a pick em and they won by 28 points. So that shows you that, uh, the game was a little bit fluky. It was a little bit more. It was pretty much more about the Cowboys being terrible than the Cardinals being good. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, for this game, I don't have a bet on it. Um, 56 points is high. Uh, Seattle has a terrible defense, great offense, but Arizona really milks the ball. Kyler Murray is an absolute joy to watch. He's a great athlete. Treat yourself to a Sunday night game if you haven't seen him, please. He is so fun to watch. He's not a great passer, but he is an amazing athlete. Uh, he, is, he is like a better athlete than Michael Vick. Like, he, he's unbelievable. And he just runs around and gets them – like on third down and eight, like he play actions and just scrambles and gets the first down like almost every time. Uh, So running the ball yields to more clock being burned, less points. Uh, If I had to bet this game, I would bet the under. Also, Seattle, the only undefeated team in the NFC, they're off a bye. You kind of expect this to be more of – Seattle being bet a little bit being a little higher, I think that kind of shows that Seattle's kind of been a little, a little bit of lucky side of variance. Their defense is terrible, but they do have uh, Russell Wilson, the best quarterback in the league. Like I said, gun in my head, I would play the under. Um, I, I really, you could make a great argument for either side here uh, for this against the spread. That that means that the you know the number is right on. Uh, if I had to bet, I'd take Seattle, but I, I really don't want to do that. Uh, so yeah definitely a fun one to watch one thing to note i would say is if seattle gets up to a big lead maybe betting live on arizona just because seattle's defense is so horrid and them being in comeback mode uh arizona should be able to put on points or you could look to bet the over in that game script in that game environment uh conversely if arizona maybe gets out to a lead they probably sit on it a little bit more um, but I don't have a strong enough conviction either way to, to even look to probably play that. I'm, I'm just going to more, uh, you know, watch the game and see if something comes up organically. Any thoughts about that, Rob? Uh, I'm assuming you'll have front row seats. You'll be, you'll be out in Glendale this weekend.
0: No, I boxed for this one. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> you still good on your Russell Wilson MVP vet. you have that, right? I do not. I do not. I, I, I
1: recommended it to people. Um, one of the reasons is I I've never really historically done that. I did recommend it to friends. Um, but just because the year is so kind of wonky for lack of a better term, I didn't really want to tie up a bunch of future bets that, that aren't my circle of competence. Definitely mm-hmm. something I made notes of for the future because it's pretty much come out to fruition exactly as I've said. And that's probably why you assumed I have it. I appreciate you trying to make me look good there. Um, But no, not, not, did not have the stones to do that. And that was just more because of, I didn't want to venture into a new market. Right. Um, So, so yeah. Um, Good, good point though. Yeah. He's a hell of a bet. Uh, He's about even money now. So probably not a good bet. Just because injuries can happen so frequently. The Seattle's could lose a bunch of games. Uh, But yeah, I think he was like maybe six, seven to one preseason um but yeah last game that should be kind of the biggest game of the week two unbeaten teams the Steelers and the Titans I actually do have a bet in this game uh I bet the over at 52 points you'd actually get 51 right now um this game's going back and forth about who should be favored uh open the Steelers were slight favored now the Titans have been bet up to one that's still really not strong numbers I wouldn't be surprised this went back to the Steelers uh but the thing is is You know, people think of the Titans, and they think of Derrick Henry in the running game, and the running game is good, but really the reason why the Titans have played so well this year and really the last year and a half is because of their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, um, and their passing game. And then on the other side of the ball, the Steelers, they're kind of known as their defense, but it's more their run defense particularly. And they've got a top 10 offense, maybe top eight, top seven. Uh, So I took the over in this game. I, like you said at the beginning, I'm not an over-specialist, or excuse me, a total specialist. Uh, but this is just, to me, two really good offenses, and and the Titans with a bad defense, and the Steelers with a, kind of an overrated defense. They also just lost their middle linebacker, their quote-unquote uh, quarterback of their defense, Devin Bush. Uh, and, and the Titans, I think since Ryan Tannehill took over, the over is like 13-3. and three. And you never want to just like bet something blindly, but at some point you know, you're going to, you just have to act on these things. So uh, I do think this is that back and forth game. I don't think any team takes the, the, you know, 14 nothing lead or a 14 point lead and just sits on the ball. I think it's offense is going back and forth. Um, The Titans do, like I said, have a bit of a running game, but the Pittsburgh's defense is so good at stopping the run that um, there's not really going to be a scenario, even though the Titans go up where they're just going to sit and be able to run the ball. Uh, if that makes sense. So there's not really a game script as we call it, where this, this kind of is a, is a total underplay. Uh, so I do like the over in this game will be fun to watch. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the game of the week. Uh, and, I, and I, I do have a bet on it. So I did want to mention that uh, another bet I have right down the date, Rob, I have money on the Washington football team <laughs>
0: uh, I
1: have money On the Washington football team. So they play the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are a true dumpster fire. Um, I did not just take Washington uh, by themselves. I, t- I took a teaser. I took um, Washington back when Dallas was favored by one and a half. I took Washington, teased them up to seven and a half because that seven is so important. Obviously, I get the three for a field goal and the seven for a touchdown. Uh, but just Dallas's offensive line is unbelievably bad, and the red, uh, yeah, the Redskins. It's my podcast. I, I called them that. the Redskins defensive line. Uh, they they actually are really good, top eight probably in the league. So they're going to be able to exploit that. But also, the Dallas' defense is terrible. So even if the Cowboys were able to go up by 10, 14 points, uh, the football team wouldn't be out of it. Uh, They'd still be able to come back, put some points on the board. Uh, So I don't necessarily think Washington's going to win this. I just think the Cowboys are 0-6 this year against the spread. Uh, And their their defense is, is the worst in modern football history. Um, so that's kind of what we're banking on here. Washington does play well for the Dallas games. Uh, I think you'll get a good effort here. Uh, and they almost beat the giants last week. They just didn't convert a two point conversion. Um, so, so yeah, have that, but that is a teaser. So you remember you have to pair that with another game. I paired that with the Jack, uh, with the Los Angeles chargers, your second team, Rob. Um, and I took them down from minus seven to minus one. So they just have to win the game against the chargers or to me, against the, the Jaguars uh Jaguars if not the worst team probably the second worst team probably the second worst team the Jets are the worst team then probably the Jaguars then the Cowboys I would say maybe maybe Cowboys or Washington uh being uh just the whole NFC Christ they're they're terrible um but yeah so I paired it with that that's the teaser remember you have to have two games you get six points but you have to use them for two games and they both have to win uh let's say it's a tie let's say the Chargers only win by one point then I get a refund on the bet um Yeah, other than that, I don't think I have uh, another bet. Oh, no, I do have another bet. I have the Carolina Panthers plus seven and a half. Right now it's about a seven. I have them plus seven and a half against the Saints. Um, there's just something wrong with the Saints, man. They're they're a good team, but they're they're far from a great team. The Panthers, uh, I bet them last week, they, they actually they lost the game outright and my bet, but still love this team. A, a good offense, a pretty bad defense, but defense really isn't that important in modern NFL uh In the Saints, just with Drew Brees, man, he he can't throw the ball down the field, so he's got to take like these meticulous drives, and it's like he's got to like okay, first down they get they get five yards, so now it's second and five, and then if it's incomplete, then it's third and five, so then it's like all right, he's got like a seventy percent chance of converting that third and five, so it's like okay, yeah, you convert it once, but then you've got to do that like three or four times for that drive, like you they never get these big plays, so it's like first of all, it eats up clock. So that benefits the the underdog. And then it's like, you have to do that four or five times to even get into field goal range. Whereas if you had the big playability of throwing down the field, which the Panthers do um, you know, you could be sitting at your own 20 and you chuck the ball up and you might, you might get into field goal range. You might score a touchdown. Whereas with the saints, they just keep chucking the ball down that, you know, it's hard for them to blow out a team. Uh, and then you factor in Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, who I really like. He used to work for the Saints, so there's familiarity there. Um, So, yeah, I I like that. I don't like it at seven. I like it with the seven and a half, so you're getting the seven on your side. Um, But, yeah, that's the bets I have for this week. Uh, Anything about that? Uh, Anything about Ray's Dodgers? Anything about election, life? Anything
0: else? Marriage you want to share with us, Robbie? No, no, not about any of those. Just the – this was like eight minutes ago, but on the Steelers Titans, you mentioned this is like Titans favored by one or a pick'em, depending on where you look. On the site where you usually give me NFL odds, it says this opened Titans by seven. Am I misreading that, or did that line move a bunch?
1: Yeah that that's a that was a miss. Uh, yeah that that was just a fake news line. That wasn't a real line.
0: Word up, well. I would, yeah. taken, I would have taken I would've known
1: that. So No, no, that's good. And, and normally it is it is that it's because the game was rescheduled, I think. Uh, this uh-huh. was a game in week four that got postponed to and, and the Steelers like had to switch up their schedule. So I uh, yeah. the opener from
0: five yeah. weeks ago or whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's a good eye. And it's good that you're seeing, you know, where they opened at and where it's at currently. We definitely want to monitor those things. Um you know, like you see the bills open minus nine and a half. Now it's a 12. I mean, those aren't necessarily key numbers, but you know, you want to factor in that movement. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and you track that, you know what I mean? And that's why when I was talking about my analysis, of the Cardinals, um, I was listening to a podcast, definitely a more entertainment aimed podcast and the business is killing it. I'm not going to call them out, but, um, you know, the guy was talking about how, um, you know, a bunch of public money came in on the Cowboys and and the Cardinals blew them out. And it's like, that's not at all what happened. Like that, you know, it's like revisionist history type stuff. It, it, it's like a lot of intelligent people were making uh, calculated assumptions. Definitely, I mean, in this realm, there's no, nothing certain, of course. Um, but that's, it wasn't public money that moved it from three to one, right? Like you, you still need to be tracking that that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Result of the game was the Cardinals won by 28, but um, you know, I think Kyler Murray only had 24 passes. I think he got like, uh, like something like 30 percent of his passes passing yards off two plays. Like the Cardinals were not really that impressive. It was just about how bad the Cowboys are, right? And you see that in this week's line because you see the Cowboys open three and they're down to pick them. In Washington, whereas you see Arizona open three and a half point underdogs, and they're still three and a half point underdogs, right? Mm -hmm. If if Arizona was like these world beaters that, you know, man, they played above expectation so much, then you would see that reflected in the next week's line. You know, so there's just those little things that, you know, that'll take you from beginning better to like medium better to like a veteran better to you know. I mean, you're always getting better. You're all, but it's like you got to always remember you're only seeing one outcome of a game and it's one sample size. And there's so many, there's so much noise that goes into it. Right. I mean, you definitely do have to take a little bit. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a, not, you know, it's not a zero, but it's also one sample shouldn't be all you're, you're using, you know, uh, you still be, should be using your priors. I mean, you still should be having priors from beginning of the season. You know, I mean, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the heaviest part of how you weigh a team, but you should still at least be having 20 to 30% of your prior preseason projections of a team baked into your current projections of the team. It shouldn't just all be a hundred percent of what you've seen this year. It should be the majority. And, so, and some betters will agree with me on that. And they, they might say it should be even the prior should be even more. And then you'll have other guys who will say it should be pretty much all of this, but there's no way it should be just all, you know, it, to, to, in, in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion. But like I said, there are multiple ways to, to skin this uh, this cat. Uh, that reminds me of
0: the two services that you use for college basketball, one of which is like almost all priors and one of which is like, no, we're building the model yes. live.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's exactly why I, I use them. Exactly. Haslametrics and Ken And thank you for reminding me because um, we're like a month away from that. And I'm just thinking about how bad my virtual teaching is going to be when I have day college basketball going on, <laughs> coupled with managing uh, 21 fantasy football teams, coupled with trying to teach the youth via freaking computer. So that's going to be – that's going to be some really great stuff. There's going to be – yeah, there's going to be like some some accidental tabs left open like while I'm sharing my screen. That's going to get me in some trouble. I mean like yeah. – Mr. Swa, what what you know, what is uh what's the underdog mean? What is that? Uh no, don't worry about that, you know. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you need me to get you one of those like 60-inch computer monitors to help out with this? Or is that well, bad? Well, I have so I have my
1: my school laptop and then I have my PC with dual monitors. So I do have I do have that, but there's sometimes when you need you need as many outlets as possible. And then of course I have my TV. So like I'm moving into my new place and like well, not my new old place, the place I used to live. Um, in in like a week, and I'm gonna have a pretty dope setup there. It's gonna it's gonna be like a, a definitely a trader station, like a, a crypto trader station for sure.
0: Get your cable management right, dude. That's what it's all about.
1: That's it. That's it. Well, on those wise uh, words, I think uh, we're gonna let you let uh, everyone go. Um, go Dodgers, right, uh, Rob?
0: No, go fucking Rays, dude. <laughs> That's
1: it. Raise up, baby. Raise up.
0: Peace.